Well, welcome back, everybody. And with this particular session, we're going to be focusing in on how it is that uh, mindfulness and compassion practices can help us to see more of what there is to see about how our understanding of ourselves, how our understanding of ourselves in relationship to others, um, how community in the sense of community, how all of these things are often shaped by our experiences, maybe in our families of origin, maybe in the communities we've been raised in, the schools where we've, we've been fortunate to train. Mindfully reflecting on all of those aspects of our heritage, all of those aspects of our experience can be a very important part of our journey as we develop more and more that capacity to build bridges and to connect with others uh, in service of making the world um, you know, more equitable for all. And so seeing, really recognizing that meditation can really be a beautiful, what I call kind of um, internal infrastructure for widening our ability to see um, beyond, you know, the traditional habits, patterns, and conditionings that we all develop as human beings in the world. You know, for me, I grew up in um, in the South. I grew up in, I was born in Kinston, North Carolina, and the particular community that I was raised in was, um, you know, beautiful in many ways, uh, African-American heritage community where I spent a lot of time around my grandmother and such, but I didn't spend a lot of time um, around people who, who were not African-American. This was a part of the world that was still quite racially segregated. And so for me to learn what it would be like or to really figure out how to move through a world in which I would be meeting people from different cultural backgrounds, people speak not only from different backgrounds, but speaking different languages for me, because where I was in North Carolina, we were, you know, for better or for worse, all really speaking English. And therefore, for me to be comfortable in really radically diverse settings where people were coming together from different cultures and speaking different languages, that was that was new for me. And so, um, you know, when we are raised as we all are in particular settings, it's not obvious what how it is that we're being trained to be comfortable with certain social dynamics and actually kind of uncomfortable with others. And so, um, you know, it's very, very common that literally, you know, we can feel ourselves tightening up when we find ourselves in circumstances and around people who represent some sort of difference from what we're used to, the norm we were raised with. And mindfulness and compassion practices can support us in really having an embodied sense of how we might be getting caught how our habits, patterns, and conditionings around who belongs and who doesn't might just be slowly or maybe in a kind of a, a sudden way showing up as we um, engage in the world with others. And so, again, all of what I'm talking about, I think everybody who is here listening and engaging in this has a very unique path to this moment. We've all lived different experiences. We've all been trained in different ways. And so we all have different habits and patterns and conditionings around who seems, you know, more like us and um, who, what kinds of people we expect to encounter in different types of places and spaces. And actually, it can be a little bit difficult to acknowledge that we, too, carry some of these 
well, frankly, biases um, and habits and uh, patterns. And yet, if we're not able to first recognize those biases and habits in ourselves and in some ways acknowledge them, it is, you know, by definition, going to be hard for us to really um, change in any of the ways in which they may be getting in the way of our being able to connect across these lines of difference. So developing the ability to see more of what there is to see. How was it, for example, that you may have been trained that people who wear their hair a certain way aren't, you know, dressing as professionals or um, need to kind of change their hair to fit in. How does one's hair, is one's hairstyle really that important for the, their productivity and their ability to do this job? Or, or have we kind of oversubscribed to the idea that you need to look a certain way to be able to perform a certain way? And again, these are sort of very subtle. This is just one example of the kind of complex of subtle ideas we may be carrying about what it looks like to be a successful person in a given place or to be a person who belongs in a given workplace. And so part of what our practices of mindfulness can do is help us become aware when such an expectation or a subtle training or a subtle bias might be part of how we are perceiving a, a, another person who might be there to contribute and have a certain kind of gift and a certain kind of skill that we need to draw on. And we don't want that subtle bias to be disrupting our ability to receive, to connect, to interact with that person. So if mindfulness then can help us with pausing, feeling the ground of support beneath us, uh, feeling our way into an open space for perceiving more of what there is to see without judgment, because research has shown that part of what gets in the way of us acknowledging when bias is operating is that we have learned that it might not be socially acceptable to have biases. Mindfulness can help us create enough awareness, enough self-compassion that we can recognize just within ourselves, yes, this is a moment of bias operating. But we can say to ourselves, it's perfectly um, human. We've been trained, like all other humans, to develop these categories in our brain. Social psychologists call them schemas through which we categorize people, through which we rank order people, through which we perceive and prejudge uh, experiences in the world, including experiences with other human beings. So it's very normal for us to have these aspects of our experience uh, operating and mindfulness can help us have compassion for that part of us, which is willing to see that aspect operating in us and therefore to meet it a little bit more effectively. So um, as we move through this module, really just thinking about how it is that mindfulness practices can support you in the work of pausing, noticing. You might have noticing even in the physical realm, right? How is it that my body's tightening up just a little bit or how am I maybe, you know, pulling myself back when I need to lean forward to really connect with a human being and how might some of those habits, patterns, and conditions be legacies of, you know, where I grew up, the school I went to, some of the trainings I got in my family or community of origin? Because if nothing else, we're learning today in this moment of 
this 21st century moment where we're coming together from radically different backgrounds and perspectives and um, this the opportunities presented by our globalized world. We are always meeting and meeting people from different walks of life. And, and predictably, we may run into conflicts around our notions of who belongs and who doesn't and, you know, those schemas we have for prejudging folks based on what they look like and their, their backgrounds and identities. We need, in other words, ways of managing and minimizing the way in which those biases may disrupt our ability to work together. And mindfulness-based compassion practices can really help.